Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Podcast Network. It's time for the Believe in Ole Miss podcast with your host, Brad Logan, your home for Ole Miss sports. To be a part of the show, email the show at brad.logan at loganmedianetwork.com or shoot him a DM on Twitter at bradloganCOTE. Download the show on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts. Please subscribe, rate, and leave a review online. And now, from the vault to the pavilion to Swayze Field, it's all Ole Miss all the time. Here's your host, Brad Logan. And welcome into the Believe in Ole Miss podcast, a part of the Believe Network. And we are in the month of July, which means... It's SEC Media Days right around the corner in the unofficial kickoff of college football season. Now, I got my Phil Steele magazine in the other day. So, to me, that is the unofficial kickoff of college football season. On today's show, we'll tell you about some of our sponsors today. We're continuing to grow, and we've got some new sponsors we're excited about telling you about. We also have an opportunity for you to uh, join the program as well. But looking at the schedule getting you caught up on where recruiting is right now with the current commitments, and then most importantly, talking about the quarterback position, the one that everyone's talking about. A lot has happened since we visited last. Uh, Quarterbacks are on campus now. Uh, There's been some commitments. There's been some decommitments. We'll get into all of that on today's show. We're so grateful that Debbie Johnson from Kessinger Real Estate is back again for another season. Uh, Debbie's always been our real estate agent here on the Logan Media Network and, of course, the Believe in Ole Miss podcast. And she continues to rock and roll throughout the South. And she can be your real estate agent today. Just give her a call on her cell phone at 662-689-0090. Or you can call her office, make an appointment, 662-234-5555. That's Debbie Johnson, our real estate agent here on the Believe in Ole Miss podcast. Also grateful for our friends at Bet Online. Bet Online, where the game starts. They've been with us from the very beginning. Remember, Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports, contests, and events with first to market odds and lines. We can find reviews and news for every league, including Major League Baseball, which, by the way, if you did get a chance to see Vladimir Guerrero Jr. put on a clinic last night in the All Star Home Run Contest, as uh, we record on early Tuesday morning. So, uh, put on a clinic. There's an opportunity for you to bet, of course, on Major League Baseball, and that's the main thing that's uh, that's going on right now. Of course, we got Live Golf and the PGA Tour. That's of course wide open right now. But Bet Online continues to be the top online resource for all your sports information from live in-game betting, props, and futures. Just head on over to Bet Online today. BetOnline.ag. Bet Online, where the game starts. Let's take a look at the Ole Miss football schedule along with, by the way, basketball under Chris Beard is still going really, really well. We'll get you caught up on all the coaching changes there. We'll get you uh, the official release from the university about uh, where they stand right now with their coaches, and they've got everybody in line there. Also, baseball, a couple of big commitments. And uh, we'll also talk about the draft where it kind of hit Ole Miss pretty hard. And then, of course, we talked about it earlier. We will get into the schedule. 
about where Ole Miss is going. We'll talk a little bit about recruiting, where everything is, and might even take a look at the depth chart and uh, give you guys an updated uh, view about where we think everything's going to shake out. So excited to be back. SEC Media, Media Days is right around the corner. It's Ole Miss football coming up in a couple of weeks. We'll have you covered right here on the Believe in Ole Miss podcast, a part of the Believe Network. Today's show is brought to you in part by Bet Online. Our partners at Bet Online continue to be the number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all of the latest odds, news, and sports developments for the NBA playoffs, Major League Baseball, fights, and NFL futures. Bet Online is your continued source for all sports wagering needs, including live betting and the fan favorite Vegas Casino and Poker Games. It's really easy to get started. Just head on over to the website, use your mobile device, and sign up today. Use our promo code Believe50, B L E A V 50, and receive your 50% welcome bonus in your first deposit. But online where the game starts. Today's show is brought to you in part by Realtor Debbie Aldison Johnson. If you're looking for a spot in the Oxford area or quite frankly anywhere in Mississippi, that is your go-to. Remember, real estate industry since 2003, looking for that special ag property, maybe a recreational property, maybe a commercial real estate property or a new home. Uh, Debbie does a great job and can be your real estate agent today. Just contact her directly at 662-234-5555. Of course, that's a member of the Kessinger Real Estate family KessingerRealEstate.com. And Debbie has been with them for quite a few years. If you need to get her directly, just dial her cell phone at 662-689-0090. Remember, your go-to for real estate, whether it be commercial, farm, or maybe you need that home. Maybe you need that second home in Oxford. You're looking maybe to relocate to Oxford. Part of the real estate family, the Kessinger Real Estate family. Debbie Johnson, your realtor, 662-234-5555. Or call her cell phone at 662-689-0090. Debbie Johnson. And a proud sponsor here on the Believe in Ole Miss podcast. It is a place which exerts an extraordinary pull on all who have walked its hallowed ground. Thousands come each year, and yet no one ever really leaves. Ole Miss is for life. A major university with the familiar intimacy of family. Friendships that are more than friendships. Moments that are more than moments. An autumn celebration on a Saturday afternoon in the Grove. Contests waged and triumphs savored. With our largest freshman class, soaring honors college, national reputation for academics and research, our pride is overflowing. Today, more than ever, for all who have ever called this magical place home, you never leave Ole Miss. Hi, this is Brad Logan. The Grove Collective's mission is to support, elevate, and protect the well-being of all our student-athletes through a wide range of NIL opportunities and initiatives at Ole Miss. The Collective was established to deliver a best-in-class NIL experience that is worthy of the student-athletes who give their all for Ole Miss. This consolidated and sustainable model provides premium access and experiences between our members, corporate partners, and our athletes. To support all Ole Miss athletes and their NIL platforms, visit thegrovecollective.com. That's the grovecollective.com. Join our team, become a member today. 
Welcome back to the Believe in Ole Miss podcast with your host, Brad Logan. Want to be a part of the program? Just email the show at brad.logan at loganmedianetwork.com or shoot him a DM on Twitter at bradloganCOTE. Whether it's touchdown Ole Miss or showers and right, it's all Ole Miss all the time. And now back to the show. Into the show, it's football's right around the corner, and we wanted to kind of take a look at the season that was, and of course, the season that uh, that everyone's excited about. The schedule, obviously, much more difficult than it was last year, specifically early on, and a lot of people kind of circling a trip over uh, down to Tulane. But I do think, you know, I mean, if Ole Miss is going to have a successful year, and we'll talk about this, you know, obviously in the future, seven and a half wins is the over under from most of the places that I saw in Vegas. If they're going to win seven games, eight, maybe even nine games, they've got to beat Tulane. I mean, they just that's just something you have to do. And I think by the end of the day, once you have Quinshawn Judkins run for, you know, uh, over 100 yards, and Jackson Dart, you can get his groove both running the football and then through the air at this complement of receivers we'll talk about in a little bit. I think Ole Miss shouldn't have any trouble. But let's take a look at last year. And, of course, everybody remembers how the season started. Everybody remembers how awesome the Kentucky game was. Everyone remembers opening the season uh, with, uh, you know, it ended up being one of the most difficult games in the first half of the season, and that's against Troy. I thought Troy played really well, and Ole Miss came in as a 21-point favorite, only winning the game 28-10. to 10. So, uh, Ole Miss struggled with Troy, uh, beat Central Arkansas handily 59-3. Uh, to 3. Uh, Jeff Collins was on his way out at Georgia Tech. Ole Miss went over to Atlanta, and uh, that was a fun trip, by the way. And but Ole Miss wins the game forty-two to nothing, and it was never close. But I'd never been to uh, Bobby Dodd before. It's one of the oldest stadiums in college football, so that was a lot of fun. Uh, Rebels come home and, and get a test. They got a test from Tulsa. Uh, Tulsa laid it on the line, a twenty-one point favorite, but Ole Miss only uh, able to win by seven or eight, escaping by thirty-five to twenty-seven. And then the big Kentucky game. You know, Ole Miss was undefeated, host number seven, Kentucky. A Rebs a six-point favorite. Uh, they escaped 22-19. to Vaught Hemingway was absolutely rocking that day. Remember, it was an early game. But, um, you know, Ole Miss, it, you know, they asked the fans to come out, and you guys responded. Uh, Ole Miss goes on the road, a 17-point favorite at Vanderbilt. Wins that one handily, 52-28. to If you'll remember, that game was much closer in the first half. In fact, it was really close. And Vanderbilt would even have the lead uh, by a touchdown or so. And uh, Ole Miss would eventually uh, catch fire behind Jonathan Mingo, had a record day. And uh, Jackson Dart, along with Quinshawn Junkins, it was a big day for the Rebels. They stretch the lead and, uh, and blow it away in the second half, 52-28. to Then Auburn. Auburn uh, comes to town. Ole Miss a 15-point favorite. And they score 48 points on Auburn. Obviously, this year, uh, that game's got one that uh, is a game that everybody has circled because obviously they, let's just say the, uh, it's going to be ramped up. Uh, Auburn with a brand new head coach in Hugh Freeze uh, after the, uh, there was a dismissal by their head coach last year. Just didn't work. 
I mean, it just didn't work. Head coach Brian Hartson had a great record coming in from Boise State and uh, a guy that we thought would jump right in and get after it. And it just never worked. The The Auburn fans just never accepted him. And long story short, Hugh Freeze, the Mississippi native and the former head coach at Ole Miss is now at Auburn. That'll be something down on the plains next year. But the Rebels win last year 48-34. to And then it's the trip to LSU. LSU came in as a one-point favorite. Ole Miss, if you'll remember, opened up a big lead. And through the interception in the end zone, there were a couple of drops, and it just got away from Ole Miss. It just flat got away from them in the second quarter and then throughout the second half. LSU under Jaden Daniels had a huge game throwing the football and also running, but Ole Miss just could not stop LSU, losing their first game of the year 45-20 to to LSU down in Baton Rouge. That was a great atmosphere, too. It's the first time I've been to Baton Rouge in, uh, gosh, probably 10 or 15 years. And, uh, boy, they know how to do it. Ole Miss goes on the road and will win its last game of the year. That's hard to believe. But Ole Miss beats Texas A&M. They're a two-point favorite, 31-28. to A&M laid it all on the line, but uh, Jimbo just couldn't get it done. That's an interesting dynamic for this year. What happens with Texas A&M and what happens with Jimbo Fisher? A lot of money tied in. Remember that offensive coordinator, Bobby Petrino, DJ Durkin, that defensive coordinator. So what's going to happen over College Station? They're recruiting lights out. Of course, they've been recruiting lights out since Jimbo got on board. One of the richest universities uh, in the college football system, if you will. I mean, one of the, the, uh, the, the richest schools in the SEC. Ole Miss would lose its final three, as we all know, an 11-point underdog to Alabama. The Crimson Tide ranked number 10 in the country. Ole Miss would lose 30-24, to 24, played hard. Played hard in Oxford and just couldn't, uh, just couldn't overcome a couple of things. There were a few plays that just did not go Ole Miss's way. And uh, we may talk a little bit more about last year's schedule in depth some of those uh, schedules, uh, some of those games that were close down the road. But as you remember, it was a close one, and Ole Miss would eventually lose 30-24. to And this is where things would kind of come apart. Obviously, Lane Kiffin's name would begin floating for Auburn as things were unraveling at Auburn. Things kind of unraveled up in Fayetteville. The Rebels, a two-point favorite, lose that one 42-27. And quite frankly, it wasn't that close. It was a, just an absolute bloodletting by the Arkansas Razorbacks. And K.J. Jefferson, if you'll remember, um, two years ago, Ole Miss wins when Arkansas uh, elects to go for two and go for the win, and Ole Miss knocks it down. It was a huge game. And Jared Redding of 24-7 Sports did a great job chronicling that Auburn series over the last couple of years. That's at reps247.com. I thought Jared did a great job. That series is wild. Ole Miss hasn't won in Fayetteville, I think, since 2008. And that was Hugh Freeze. I'm sorry, that was Houston Nuts' first return back to Arkansas. If they've won since then, please forgive me. I just remember that one because it was Houston's first game back. And it was the first time Ole Miss had won there since 2003, maybe. And that was uh, Eli's, or maybe 2004. So it was Eli was a quarterback. And that was the first time Ole Miss had won in Fayetteville in a number of years. It's a hard place to play for Ole Miss. It doesn't matter if it's day game, night game. Just that stadium, Reynolds Razorback, just has a some type of spell over Ole Miss. If you'll remember, back in 20, I think it was 2019 or 2018, Ole Miss would beat Arkansas in Little Rock 37-33. to It was a wild one. Uh, it was a Dawson Knox coming out party. Uh, Dawson Knox had a huge catch at the latter part of the game. 
And uh, Ole Miss has, uh, has played historically well at War Memorial against Arkansas. So uh, that is one that Ole Miss just didn't show up last year. And, of course, we remember they lost the Egg Bowl. They were a two-point favorite. Uh, Ole Miss goes for two to try to tie the game late in the game. Mississippi State had full control of the game. They came in and played a really good game. Coach Mike Leach had a great game plan, and uh, uh, they had everything going their way. About to score to really bust it open in the fourth quarter, and Will Rogers fumbles on the goal line. Ole Miss gets the uh, fumble recovery. Dayton Wade would eventually score a touchdown late in the game, and uh, I fully believe that that game was going to OT, and I don't know that Ole Miss was not going to try an onside kick to try to kick a game-winning field goal. But just like every Egg Bowl, they're all wild and crazy. Uh, this one came out uh, Mississippi State's way, and the Bulldogs win 24-22 to in Oxford. Oddly enough, uh, this game has uh, has kind of circled over the last couple of years to where the home team has really struggled down the stretch. Ole Miss wins uh, at Mississippi State last year or the year before, 31-24. to They, of course, win in 2020 in the, the shortened season against Mississippi State, 31-24. to That was in Oxford. And Ole Miss, of course, losing uh, during the, uh, well, the two-point conversion game in 2019, 21-20. That was something else. So, uh, this game's always a lot of fun. Should be a big one this year. Zach Arnett, of course, the new head coach at Mississippi State. And uh, he takes over for Mike Leach, who tragically passed away last year. And so, it's Ole Miss and uh, Mississippi State. The Egg Bowl, once again, this one is, uh, is over in Starville. I expect nothing but crazy fireworks. It's like that every single year. Now, for Ole Miss, it will not be quite as easy in the earlier half as it was last year. We talked about the game against Tulane. Ole Miss, of course, opens September the 2nd against Mercer. I think that kickoff has been slotted as a 1 p.m. kick. The uh, September 9th game against Tulane is going to be an afternoon kick on ABC, and Tulane has elected, uh, or at least the American has elected to put that one on ABC. I think it's at 2.30. But it's going to be at Tulane. It's going to be good and hot down in New Orleans. So Ole Miss will come home to host Georgia Tech on September 16th. And then you crank up the SEC play as Ole Miss will get Alabama on September the 23rd in Tuscaloosa. Ole Miss will follow that up with a homestand against LSU on September the 30th. October the 7th, they'll host Arkansas and K.J. Jefferson in his final campaign at quarterback for the Arkansas Razorbacks. And then on the road, uh, October the 21st, after a bye week on October 14th at Auburn. So, yeah, let's go through that stretch just for a moment. September 23rd through October 21st at Alabama, hosting LSU, hosting Arkansas, and at Auburn. Uh, Suffice to say, the season will be very much centered around those four games because if you tell me that Ole Miss goes 0 for 4, 1 for 3, 2 for 2, or uh, even maybe like 3 and 1, that will absolutely tell me how – Ole Miss finishes the season. It lightens up, obviously, at the back half as Vanderbilt will come to Oxford on October the 28th. Texas A&M on November the 4th will come to Oxford. Ole Miss takes a road trip to the defending national champions, the Georgia Bulldogs, on November the 11th. That will be a fun game for Ole Miss fans. Ole Miss has nothing to lose, obviously. I'm sure this point spread will be humongous, and it will be a uh, definite chore. So Ole Miss drops Kentucky and picks up Georgia. So definitely not something – It's going to be in the favor of Ole Miss. But they finish up with UL Monroe. And then, of course, at Mississippi State on November the 29th, uh, 23rd, I'm sorry, uh, that game again on Thanksgiving. So the open week is October the 14th. Ole Miss drops Kentucky. They pick up Georgia. And, uh, my goodness, it's going to be much more difficult, specifically in the middle part of that schedule. So Ole Miss has to get some things figured out. 
fourth week of the year, you're at Alabama. So, uh, you know, just we'll talk about specific positions and that sort of thing. But if you're looking at the quarterback position, I think without question, everything that we've heard is Jackson Dart is the starting quarterback. But there's been a lot of movement with Spencer Sanders, obviously transferring in from Oklahoma State. And then the hidden key element in this is Walker Howard, the former five-star quarterback for LSU, transferred into Ole Miss. And I, without question, think he will have a package. I think he'll have a package this year along with Spencer Sanders. There's been some scuttlebutt about if Spencer Sanders graduates, will he enter the portal once he – and then, of course, he can do that by being a graduate transfer. So, uh, I think Ben Garrett for on three made a great point about Spencer Sanders. He's an adult, for the lack of a better word. You know, he's got a family. And if this is a place he wants to go ahead and get a degree, finish out. He's got a really good NIL deal. Uh, he can finish that out and then uh, possibly get ready for his career, whether it be in or out of sports. And uh, so that's definitely something to monitor. But you know what? He may want to play. He may want to play immediately. And if that's the case, he'll battle it out with Jackson Dart. And while we're talking about offense, running back Quinshawn Jenkins has got a lot of publicity early on. He's got a lot of accolades from different services with All-American tabs to him. Uh, the early Heisman push, uh, you know, I think, some of that may be a little premature because, you know, looking at the schedule, how good is that Ole Miss offensive line going to be? We'll talk about them in a moment. They return a lot. And there's been a lot of positive uh, comments about Victor Kern, the senior transfer from Washington, uh, stepping in and playing immediately. So uh, this could be a special, special year for Quinchon Junkins. But think, but don't think for a moment that these defenses of the cars across the SEC and uh, Georgia Tech and, and Tulane are not going to – do their best to stop Quinchon Jenkins from hurting them. So what's that mean? Puts a lot of pressure on these wide receivers and quarterback Jackson Dart. We'll talk about the wide receivers in a moment. Running back, it's going to be the Quinchon show. The good news for Ole Miss, a couple of services have of Ole Miss as the best running back duo in the SEC. And why is that? Well, Ulysses Bentley returns. Fully healthy. And I expect him to have a really good junior campaign and Kedrick Riscano, he is a talented freshman that everyone is really excited about out of the South Florida area. So Ole Miss has the uh, the three-headed dagger of we think Riscano will be the number three back. But uh, Ulysses Bentley and, of course, Quinchon Jenkins, the talented sophomore for Ole Miss. And the Rebels did a, about as good a job as you can do in recruiting by keeping him on the, on the, uh, on the roster. Because there's no doubt that there were programs coming after Quinchon Jenkins without question. Wide receivers, Kari Franklin, the senior transfer. Uh, Dayton Wade is someone that, that, that Ole Miss has leaned heavily on. But Jalen Knox had a huge spring, and he's a transfer out of Missouri uh, at wide receiver. They're really uh, looking for big things for him. Trey Harris, the senior transfer out of Louisiana Tech, had a terrific spring as well. Then you start thinking about players like a Jeremiah Dillon. When's it time for him to step up? He was a redshirt freshman. Braylon Brown put his name in the transfer portal, but – Took his name back out. So, he's definitely someone to watch. But I think everything's going to be the linchpin. I'll be honest with you. I think Jordan Watkins is going to have a big year. He's kind of got all the tools. Uh, he's a junior. He transferred uh, from Louisville uh, last year. Uh, J.J. Henry someone to watch. But Aiden Williams, wearing number one, and that is a very elite club. Aiden Williams, the true freshman out of Ridgeland High School in Ridgeland, Mississippi. Coming in after Laquan Treadwell, A.J. Brown, Jonathan Mingo, the number one is something 
that is very special. How good is Aiden Williams going to be? Well, all the returns are is he is the absolute real deal. The number one player in the state of Mississippi last year's recruiting cycle, Ole Miss got him. And the receiving core, uh, while they did lose Jonathan Mingo, they've got a lot coming back and a lot of promise with a lot of younger players, a lot of the younger receivers. So everybody's kind of excited about that wide receiving core. At tight end, Ole Miss was able to get a transfer out of Memphis and Caden Priestcorn, who in many services, specifically 24-7, in the transfer portal, ranked as the top transfer tight end. Ole Miss lands Caleb Priestcorn. Now, here's the thing. If you look at Priestcorn, what happens with Michael Trigg Jr.? I think more than anything, it puts a little bit of a burr in his saddle. Maybe it jacks him up a little. Maybe that competition piece is going to make him a better tight end. There's no doubt he has the tools. But will he apply himself on the field, on the practice field? Will he be a member of this team in the second half of the season because he was not last year? It's a great opportunity for Priestcorn to step up. And more importantly, Michael Trigg Jr., are you going to play or not? Are you going to be a, a member of this team or not? And I think he will. I think he's going to contribute, and I think he's doing, going to uh, going to have a great job. If Ole Miss can have that element of a tight end, which it really has not had the last couple of years, that is a huge, huge win for the Rebels. Now, let's take a look at that offensive line. Nick Broker obviously is gone, but they return Caleb Warren, the junior at center. Now, right guard looks to appear that Jeremy James, the junior, uh, who this is probably his last year, and uh, 6'5", 305 has, has anchored that offensive front for quite a while. Victor Kern, look for Victor Kern to play a vital role in this team. He's a senior transfer from Washington. He can play left guard, and he can play center. Micah Pettis is right now tabbed as the right tackle, the sophomore. Probably going to start there. And then the left tackle, Jaden Williams, the uh, true sophomore, played as a true freshman and played really well. Eli Acker is going to rotate in. I think Eli is going to rotate some at center. He's going to rotate some at left guard. He is a great, uh, I guess you could say, he's a vital role this offense because he can play so many different positions. So uh, just a couple of people to be looking for uh, on, the, on that offensive front. Reese McIntyre, of course, is back as a junior. He's someone that can plug and play uh, at some different positions. So uh, we'll see who might step in. For example, Quincy McGee, the transfer out of UAB, 6'4", 320 junior. How, what type of fall camp is he going to have? So uh, there'll be some interchangeable people there, but the good news is the core base group, Jane Williams, Micah Pettis, Jeremy James, Caleb Warren, and then to some form, Eli Acker, along with Victor Kern. I think Ole Miss is going to have a good offensive front, and they're going to have to to open up running lanes for Quinchon Junkins because I have no doubt that SEC defenses and then the, the defenses that we talked about in the non-conference games, they're going to force Ole Miss to throw the football. They're not going to let, for the most part, Quinshawn Junkins beat them on the ground. Now, defensively, defensively, it was Ole Miss lost some to the portal. Uh, they lost quarterback Davis and Igbenosin. They lost Tysheem Johnson, a, another defensive back. So, you know, Johnson didn't have just a stellar year last year, but but Igbenosin did. And there, there's some players that Ole Miss is going to have to replace both to graduation and also the portal. But they've also went to the portal as well. But I think this defense centers around defensive end Cedric Johnson. If he can be healthy and get some help from Jared Ivey at defensive end, I think Ole Miss can do really, really well across the defensive front. Look, I think Ole Miss defensively has the numbers and they have the depth, something they haven't had in a while. Look at nose tackle. Josh, Joshua Harris, the uh, junior transfer uh, from NC State. Then you've got Jamon Gordon. Jamon Gordon's got a lot of snaps. I mean, he's not someone that's going to light light it up, but 
He's got a lot of snaps. I think they're looking for Xavier Harris, the big 6'7", 335 sophomore, to take a big step forward. So, the other defensive tackle, J.J. Pegues, has been around a while. The junior's got a lot of snaps. Uh, Stephon Wynn, the transfer uh, coming in, uh, is going to be asked to play early and often. The transfer out of Nebraska, and he's got a lot of accolades to him. Jamarius Brown is someone that that Ole Miss really needs to take a big step forward. Demarcus Smith as well. So, uh, that defensive line has got a lot of depth, and that's something they haven't had in a while. I think it may be the strongest part of this Ole Miss defense. The question mark, obviously, like it has been the last couple of years, is at linebacker. Monty Montgomery, the senior transfer, along with Kari Coleman, uh, the senior, and then the uh, Isaac Uquo senior. Now, that's someone out of James Madison that had a ton of tackles that transferred in. So, they're looking for big things out of him. Now, some other players that could help at linebacker, Jeremiah Jean Baptiste. He, of course, transferred in from Central Florida. And then the name that everybody's talking about is Sunterine Perkins, the number one player out of Raleigh High School, the former five-star player. Uh, he's someone that uh, highly decorated, and everybody's excited about seeing what Perkins can do. He had a huge Mississippi-Alabama game, turned a lot of heads, and Ole Miss staved off uh, Alabama, among other uh, notable teams. So uh, that's definitely a position to look for. Now, defensive back, cornerback Zamari Will, uh, Walton Sr., the transfer out of Jordan, uh, Georgia Tech, will be fighting for, for the starting role against Jaden Kennedy. Aishin Young is back at strong safety. He's a junior, the transfer out of Iowa State. Had a had a pretty good year last year along with Trey Washington. I like Trey Washington a lot. Uh, IJ, A.J. Brown will um, have an opportunity to play some there as well. Free safety, Ladarius Tennyson will have an opportunity to play some. And uh, Taylor Groves, uh, Daniel Demery may be someone that could come in and, uh, and get some minutes. So the secondary obviously hit some by the portal, but Ole Miss did a good job of going into the portal and uh, doing their best to try to fill some gaps there. And it's just, uh, you you know, I said it on a podcast that, that I was on with um, the, the good folks at South Carolina. You live by the sword, you die by the sword. And if you lose someone to the portal, you just got to get back in there and go find somebody else. And uh, that's just uh, that's just an opportunity that, that Ole Miss is going to have to take advantage of. And hopefully these players that they brought in can fill the gaps and be, if, if not as good, better than the, than the players that are leaving. Frazier Mason's probably going to be the punter. That's what we think. Place kicking. Place kicking. Uh, remember, Caden Costa is back. How about that? Uh, he is someone that uh, was sidelined last year after the Mississippi State game the year before, uh, some type of illegal substance. Not sure what happened there, but he was suspended a full calendar year. Here's something to, to, uh, to remember, though. Caden Davis, Jr., 6'3", 200, the place kicker, transferred in from Texas A&M, 7 of 7 a PAT, and I had a had a pretty good year uh, his uh, sophomore year. So, Caden uh, Davis, we'll see how good – uh, Caden Costa is because Davis is someone to definitely keep your eye on for place kicker. And uh, that's kind of where everything stands now. Uh, but Mason did a nice job, and we talked about earlier, about punting the football and is going to be the punter this fall, we believe. Real quick on the basketball front, Ole Miss released the uh, coaching staff, and it is solid. I, mean, I think it's pretty safe to say when you hear these names, uh, I think it's the best coaching staff that's ever walked the sidelines of Ole Miss basketball. They've got Wes Flanagan over from Auburn. He's a name that everyone uh, will remember. And uh, Flanagan is someone that uh, hits the ground uh, running and recruiting and uh, is a huge, huge 
a compliment to this staff. Al Pinkins, another assistant coach, returns to Oxford after, you know, he was here from 11 to 14 and uh, was, of course, with Chris Beard at Texas uh, Tech. And then, of course, he's had stints at Florida, LSU, Tennessee, Middle Tennessee State, and, of course, Ole Miss. He was a member of that staff in Tech from 16 to 18. And, uh, boy, he is a good one. Here's the uh, the uh, the one I was really impressed with. That's Bob Donawal Jr. Donawal Jr. spent the last two years, uh, of course, with Beard at, at Texas and uh, was on his uh, staff at Texas Tech from 2021. A good relationship there. And uh, Donawal's been an assistant uh, with the NBA Charlotte Hornets, New Orleans Pelicans, and Cleveland Cavaliers. Donawal also has experience coaching professionally overseas at Russia, China, Ukraine, uh, Brazil and the UK. So he's got that overseas element for recruiting as well, but he absolutely was brought in for recruiting. So big, big pickup for Bob um, Donawall Jr. Here's one that uh, I really like, and that is Wincase. That was a guy that took over for Kermit Davis, and the players absolutely loved him. The, I think they played harder when uh, Coach uh, Kermit Davis was let go. Uh, but Case will return for his sixth season at Ole Miss. He's a special assistant to Coach Chris Beard after being named, obviously, the team's interim coach in this past February from 22 to 23 and uh, that particular season. So, been assistant for Ole Miss for the last five years, and uh, I'm just really happy that Coach Wincase is back. Analyst on the team is Brian Berg. Uh, it'll be Berg's third stint with uh, Coach Chris Beard. He uh, obviously joined Beard back at Texas Tech and at Little Rock. He's been at Georgia Southern for the last three years and achieved an overall uh, record of 42-44. and 44 while there at Georgia Southern. John Riley, the strength and conditioning coach, he takes over as uh, the uh, strength and conditioning coach at Ole Miss, has worked with Beard since 2016. So Beard's getting his um, his guys around him. Got some more analysts, of course. Uh, Anthony Johnson is uh, the director of player development. His last two years was at South Carolina Upstate, but Johnson worked as director of development and recruiting at Georgia Southern prior to his time at USC Upstate. He was a graduate assistant under Chris Beard back in 18 and 19 at Texas Tech. So Ole Miss uh, announcing their coaching staff. We'll get a little more in-depth about their roster, uh, recruiting, the schedule, all that good stuff coming up because the SEC released their home and away and that sort of thing in the SEC. So we'll get you more information down the road on Ole Miss basketball. Almost out of time today, so we're going to uh, push our baseball discussion a little bit further. Ole Miss did get a big commitment out of Coastal Carolina. And that's coming, of course, after the Major League Baseball draft hit Ole Miss pretty hard. And we'll get all into that later on this week on our next show. But as it stands, we want to kind of give you some updated information about this year's football team and kind of what happened last year, recapping a little bit and going forward. We'll get into a lot more football recruiting for the 2024 class. The commitments, uh, who they're looking at, who they think they can sign, and all that good stuff. All that will be coming up uh, later on down the road. As it stands, thanks very much for joining us. We really appreciate it. It has been a show that has really grown the last couple of years. Our relationship with Believe is always terrific. And uh, we appreciate you being part of the Believe in Omis podcast right here on the Believe Network. Couldn't do it without our sponsorship, of course, Bet Online, Bet Online, where the game starts. And our real estate agent, Debbie Johnson. Debbie Johnson is our real estate agent here. She can be yours today. Give her a call on her cell phone, 662 689 0090. Or give her a call in the office at 662 234. 5555. That's where you can get her. Also, finalizing a couple of other sponsorships. You'll hear about them very, very soon as uh, SEC Media Days right around the corner. It's July, almost to the middle part of July. And uh, we'll have everything for you that's coming from Nashville, getting you kicked off for football season right around the corner. 
so happy to have you along for the ride. Be sure and listen to us on all your normal platforms you listen to podcasts. Give us a thumbs up. We appreciate that. And uh, tell a friend and let them know you enjoy the Believe It or Miss podcast right here on the Believe Network. Thanks, everybody. We'll see you later on down the road. Listening to the Believe in Ole Miss podcast with your host, Brad Logan. Download the show on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts. Please subscribe, rate, and leave a review online. Be sure and check us out on Twitter at Brad Logan COTE and at Believe Podcasts, as well as Facebook, Brad Logan Media. From the vault to the pavilion to Swayze Field, it's all Ole Miss all the time. This has been the Believe in Ole Miss podcast, a presentation of the Believe Podcast Network. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.